Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Why don't we open in our Bibles to Acts chapter 20. We are in a series entitled... The Ephesus Exhortation. So this is his word to us. We want to get a hold of what he has for us. We've been emphasizing in the first two parts about our calling. That we are called of God. Called of Jesus Christ. Somebody say what we say. I have a calling. I am called of God. You know if you heard God call you. How fast would you respond? No, I mean, you're outside messing around doing something, and you hear God call you. You know, dinner's ready. And he calls you. What are you going to do to say, God, man, doesn't he know I'm busy right now? Stop calling me. I'm a very busy person. Would you respond that way? How many people get excited? That's God calling me. And I'd be able to go running towards the house where God's calling you. You go, you'd, you'd go run. God's calling me. God's calling. You know, somebody else might call you and you think, you try to pretend you didn't hear it. Huh? Oh, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. You know, they called you three times. And we should never lie. Lying is of the devil. Just start throw that in there. Not try to make it like it's okay to ignore somebody and pretend you didn't hear them when you did. That's lying. That's not good. So I just want to clarify that. But you know, sometimes people, you know, they, they oh man, I wish they didn't call me. Or uh, you look at your phone when it rings and you see a per- person's name or number on there that you know and you have to decide, do I want to answer this? Everybody's, everybody's relating to that one. I can hear it. <laughs> do I want to answer that? I hope you'd never do that to me. Wouldn't that be horrible to find that out? That the person had absolutely nothing going on. They were just sitting around on the couch and they looked at your phone up and said, later. You know, like you've done many times to, to other people. No, not now. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them right now. For whatever reason. What happens if you look down and all of a sudden you look and go, that's the throne room of God. This is God calling me. How would you respond to that? I mean, you might, might, might get a little nervous. You know, might, might get some butterflies. I remember, you know, one time I was lying on my bed. It was, uh, I was just meditating. I was thinking about the day coming when I'm going to see the Lord. And I just, you know, you know sometimes you, we could talk about that. But, you know, I really just... I was thinking on it, really meditating on it, really wanting to grasp the reality of it. And I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking about the day is coming where I am going to literally stand, and it's just him and I. I mean, everything just disappears. And it's just God looking at me. God right there. And as I thought about it, I got butterflies. You know what I'm talking about? I say butterflies. You know, you just... Like if you were going before somebody that, uh, you know, a judge or something, for not paying your parking ticket. <sighs> and you, not that I've had that experience, but I'm just trying to come up with something we can kind of relate to. You know, you, uh, it's your time to stand up, give an account for your actions. And I got to thinking, wow, I'm going to stand before him. I'm going to stand before him. That reality hit me. Where I actually felt it in my flesh. We want to, we want to, don't you want to live in that reality? I want so much to just live in that place. That's what I believe Paul the Apostle was saying when he said he came to Corinth in fear and in much trembling. Not with words, uh, you know, enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. And he, he, he was so aware of the presence and power of God upon his life and God there and, and knowing what God wanted to accomplish. He said, I was with you in fear 
and trembling. Man, I want to I live in that place. Just living in that reality of God. He is so real. He is so awesome. So that, you know, God calls. God says something to us. He's got our full, undivided attention. Full, undivided attention. He's calling us. Well, he's called us. He's called all of us to come to him, to fellowship with him. We've been called to be saints, to live sanctified, holy lives, and to yield to him and look to him for everything in life, to call on the name of Jesus in every situation in life. And we think about how big he is and how awesome he is, how great his name is and how much he is with us, man. We will not be intimidated. We will not have any fear or intimidation and tremble at any devil or any work of the devil because we're too busy in fear and trembling over him. He's so real to us that he's got our fear. He's got our attention. And anything else next to him just is so little, so little. And then you understand the scripture that says the devil's under your feet because that's where he can fit. doesn't matter how great he puffs himself up to be. When you speak the name of Jesus, when you're walking in faith, aware of God, aware of him, not necessarily feel anything, but you believe. You believe the word. You know the word is true. Man, it just cuts everything, including the devil, down to size. Just puts them all right down there under your feet where it's just, you can just step on them. Hallelujah, you just step on them. It doesn't matter what kind of thing's going on, you don't fear it. You don't fear it. You're in that high place with God. You got the Almighty backing you up. He is for me. He's not against me. Come on. He is for me. He is not against me. It don't matter what's against me. God is for me. And if God is for me, who or what can be against me? Do you know he's for you this morning? Do you know he's with you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, we just have to set our minds on him, on his word, on these realities, and he becomes that real to us, where it just puts everything in its proper perspective, everything in its proper perspective. We are the called of God, the called of Jesus Christ. And here in in Acts chapter 20, in verse 17, it says, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus. And called for the elders of the church. And we said that the elders of the church are those who have answered God's call. That's how you become great in the kingdom of God, useful in the kingdom of God, a leader in the kingdom of God. Not necessarily somebody that's going to minister from behind a pulpit, but God's got a a ministry for each and every one of us. He's called each and every one of us. Some kind of calling he has called you to. It might not look like my calling or somebody else's calling, but he's called you. He's called you. And so when you answer the call, then it places you in a place of leadership in the kingdom of God. Puts you in a place of ruling in the kingdom of God. And God wants you to live out the plans he has for you as a ruler in the kingdom of God. Well, how do you get there? Answer the call. So we know if these guys are elders in the church, we know one thing about them. They are those who answered God's call. So Paul called to the elders of the church, or he called to those who were called and had answered the call. You see, when you answer the call, then you can expect further calls. So you got to watch about not answering God's call. You got to watch about putting the phone down. When he's calling. Or he calls out to you and I I know he's calling, but I don't really hear that right now. When you ignore his call, then you might not receive another one. But we want God to keep calling. Keep calling me, God. Keep calling. Keep calling. Keep telling me what I need to know. I want to keep hearing from you. 
So when you answer the call, it sets you up to get more calls from God, to receive more from him. And so that's who Paul called. He didn't have time to waste. See, Paul was on a mission. He had somewhere he needed to be. And so he couldn't even stop. If you read this in its context, he he was determined to get to Jerusalem. So he couldn't stop and minister to the whole church. So what he did was he just called for those who had answered the call. Because he couldn't waste any time. He had to make sure that the time he spent with these folks from Ephesus were folks that were going to take to heart what he said and were going to be doers of it. You see? So those are the ones he called. Why don't anybody, why doesn't anybody ask me to do this? Or why doesn't anybody call upon me? Have, are there calls that you didn't answer? Are there things that you're neglecting in God and not responding to? That he's already asked of you. That he's already told you to do. Maybe that's what's holding it back. We have to remember, our promotion comes from the Lord. It's not from man. So we're not looking to just be man pleasers. And we're not looking to man to exalt us in life, to increase us, to promote us in life. We're looking to the Lord. So if it's not happening, we don't get upset with people. We do a faith examination on ourselves, and we just make sure that uh, we haven't left any calls unanswered. Sometimes you got to go back in your voicemail, (laughs) right? Thank God we got voicemail on the inside of us. And sometimes you got to go back and say, now, Lord, is there anything that you have said to me that I have not responded to that I have not answered? Is there anything where I've missed it? If there's anything you've told me to do, Lord, that I have forgotten, Lord, tell me again. Help me. Help me to remember that. Holy Spirit, bring that to my remembrance. And you begin to go through your, your voice messages. And you go through your faith voice messages. And you get down there on the inside and you find, oh, yeah. That's right. I need to get that straightened out. Yeah, I need to get on that. Yeah, I got to stop putting that off. Yeah, I just need to go ahead and get that done now. Then you can just delete the thing. And then you can go on and be ready for him to call to you. Because whenever God calls, God is never in a lower place than you. So he never calls up to you. He calls you up. So you want to respond to his call. Because when he calls, it's an upward call. It's always going to take you upward. People think, oh man, that's going to keep me from this. And that's going to hold me back. And that's gonna... God, God doesn't hold people back and hold people down because he's not back behind you down here. He's higher than you. He's all... When he calls, you can guarantee you're going up because that's where he's calling you from. So let's go. Let's go. And you know, to get there... All you got to do is answer the call. See, religion has painted this picture that God calls you and then you got to stop building a ladder and start climbing that thing. I'm just not ready to go that high. As if you got to, as if you got to, like, get yourself there. No, 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 no. The call itself will get you there. All you got to do, it's like an elevator. All you got to do is step into it. Step into the call, praise God. Hit the seventh floor. Heaven on the seventh floor. And up you go. You just got to step into it. Step into the calling. The calling takes you there. You know, just like these astronauts. They're going to go to the moon, you know. Now they're talking about going to Mars. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to go there. We're going to go. How are you going to get there? Whew. Oh, man, it's going to be work. It's going to be work. Well, the astronauts have to do some training. There's work involved in the training. But the bottom line is they're going to step inside a machine that's got incredible explosive firepower that when they start saying T minus 10, 9, 8, you better get yourself comfortable. (laughs) You just better tighten your belt. 
because I'm telling you what, uh, there's something that's going to take you somewhere that you could never get on your own. You could never have gotten yourself there. He's going to take you there. You just got to agree and step into it. So many things in the kingdom of God just requires a stepping out in faith. Sometimes I'll get something. A lot of times I'll get something. And I really don't know where this is going and what exactly I want to say. But I know I got to go that direction and say it. And so I go in that direction and say it. And next thing you know, I start getting revelation as it's coming out of my own mouth. I start seeing it. I start seeing it. See, as I stepped into it, walked towards it, then you start seeing it. See, a lot of folks, they're sitting back here and everything's real foggy. And I can't read that sign. I can't read that sign. Well, can you walk towards it? Well, I can't read it. Well, can you walk towards it? Well, I can't read it. No sense in me doing anything until I can't read it. Well, no, start walking towards the thing. You say, well, I don't know. I might, I might trip. I might fall. I might, I might bump into something. I, I, don't, I don't know. You say, no, no. Is, is it God? Yes. Then don't worry. Don't worry. All things work together for the good. To those who love God and who are the called. Isn't that what he said? Romans 8. Let's look at that really quick. Hold your place in Acts. Romans, the 8th chapter. Verse 28. And we know, this is something we ought to know. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called. Isn't that what we're talking about? Talking about answering the call? Those who are called according to his purpose. So you see, he's telling you sometimes it might look a little uncertain because you don't know you've never been there before I'm a little concerned going that direction I mean I don't know what in the world where that's going to take me I don't know what what really well is it God calling you well then you just go and you know it's going to work for the good I'm following so we got to get good at this taking those steps of faith start walking towards so you take that step step and you go oh and you see it now you see it see but a lot of folks, they can't even see anything because they're not taking any steps of faith towards it. They're being called towards it. And they're not responding to it. And they're waiting to have a full understanding of it before, before they make the move. This just came up Friday night. You know, back uh, before I came here, I was very happy where I was. I had graduated from Bible school and I was working with a certain ministry. And, uh, you know, I was ready to spend the rest of my life there, serving those people, serving that pastor. I mean, I was just happy to be there. And then I, I began to know in my spirit that a change had come. And I was saying, I was telling Gene, I said, you know, uh, uh, I don't think we're going to be here much longer. I, I feel like there's, there's a change. There's a change. And then they kept going. One month, two months. Finally, in the fourth month of saying, I just think something's changed. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like something's different. I just don't, I just don't think we're going to be here much longer. All of a sudden, the grace just left. I mean, the grace to be in that place just left. And it just seemed like the whole world turned inside out and everything fell upside down and fell apart. I mean, it was in, like, immediately. Didn't last long. I mean, that first 24 hours of that grace lifted. It, it helped me to realize how much you and I walk in the grace of God and don't even realize it. Because when that grace lifted, I mean everything. Nothing worked. It was, it was very bizarre. Very interesting experience. And so I, I remember it, it got really desperate feeling. And I went out to God in prayer. And I was talking to him about it. And I said, Lord, I mean, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I mean, I'll, I'll obey you. Whatever you want me to do. I mean, I've made you this far. I mean, you just tell me to go. I'll go. I said, but... You know, I can't go until you tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. And I'll go. I mean, I was willing to be obedient to God, do whatever he wanted me to do. You call me to it, man, I'll go. And, uh, and so then I felt led to go back inside and take out my Bible. And I just opened up and I flipped open to Hebrews chapter 11. And I looked down, down at the verse that said, By faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. 
I don't think that's a coincidence. Just tell me where to go and I'll go. By faith, Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. I went, oh. So wait a second. I have to leave this, commit to letting go of this entirely, completely step away from this, not knowing where I'm going. Because, you know, you get very not only comfortable where you are, but you've become very secure in that place where you are. And now you're asking me to just tell them I'm leaving. I'm going. And be committed to it without even knowing, not even knowing where I'm going. I said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. I said, I'm going to tell them first thing tomorrow. And I made it clear to them this is what I, I was going to do it. And I had drawn that line. It was as if I had already done it. I did it in my heart. It was done. I, there was no going back on it. I'm leaving. I'm gone. And then he spoke to me. Once I made that decision in my heart, fully committed to it, stepped into what he had for me, didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was I was stepping into, but I was stepping out of what I knew. I stepped out. Once I stepped out of what I knew, I didn't fall. I didn't fall. What was there came. What I needed manifested. God spoke. He said, go apostle a church in Louisville, Kentucky. That's the words he used. Go Apostle Church, Louisville, Kentucky. I had direction. Ooh, hallelujah. Man, it felt so good. But you see, it didn't matter. I was going to step out. Before I saw where it was I was going, I left where I was. And before my feet could hit the ground, God spoke to me. The next step. The next step came. Are you following me? See, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And we've got to watch about leaning on our understanding and being secure with these methods and this way of doing things and trusting in this and trusting in that and being unwilling to step away from it. Because many times when God calls, he don't say much. He don't say much. He don't have to. And, and he doesn't want to. Because he wants you to learn to trust him. So he don't tell you everything up front of what he has for you. Because he wants you to walk by faith one step at a time. One step at a time. So I don't know a whole lot that's up ahead. But I'm doing what I know to do. And if I know, if I do what I know to do, then I know that I'm going to have the next step when I need to have it. That's why he said to me, do what you know to do, and then you will know what you need to know when you need to know it. When you need to know it. You might think, I need to know it now. He says, no, you don't. Keep going. No, 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 I need to know it now. I'm going to fall. No, keep going. I need to know now. No, 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 no. And then when you need it, you'll have it. See, he stretches us that way. He stretches us that way. And that makes us more and more dependent upon him. Which makes us more and more secure and more and more safe than we ever could be trusting in ourself or trusting in anything else. There's nothing safer than faith in God. There's nothing safer than faith in God. Trusting in him. That's the safe place. That's the great place. And God's got a great place for you. But it's a, it's a faith walk. It's a faith journey. It's a faith journey. People pat, I just don't know. I don't know. I need to know. Why doesn't he show me? I don't know. I don't know. He's not going to show you a whole lot. Just make sure you're taking the step, the last step that he told you to take. And keep going. And, it, and the fog dissipates. And the picture becomes clearer. And then we see it. And when you're a person that steps out in faith and obeys him and walks like that, then he's going to keep calling you. He's going to keep revealing things to you. He's going to keep sharing things with you. But if you stop here, don't expect more. Why should, why should we expect more? Give me more, give me more, give me more. No, keep coming. No, give me more, give me more. No, keep coming. You walk towards it. You walk by faith. You keep stepping into the call of God. You keep stepping into what he's saying. Can you say amen? Step it out on his word. 
Stepping out on his word. It's a great, it's a great life to live. It's an adventurous life. We don't have to let it be stressful. I said, it doesn't have to be stressful. That does not have to be stressful. I can't, I can't, I can't. You can, you can, you can. Stop saying, I can't believe it. You can. You can believe. He made you a believer. He even put his faith inside you. You can do this. You can believe God. Yes, you can. You can believe God. And that's really all that's cried of you. You believe, and God brings it to pass. God brings it to pass. So he's launching us. We're in the heavenly space shuttle. Get ready. Can you hear the countdown? Are you ready to go higher than you've ever gone before? You know, you can't just stand outside the space shuttle and expect to go there. You know, you go up to these astronauts and say, what are you doing out here? Can't you hear the countdown? 20. 19. It's like, yeah, I'm, oh, this is so cool. I've been training for this. I mean, I'm just excited about watching this all happen. Get yourself in there, man. <laughs> right? Get yourself in there. Oh, this is great. I got news to you this morning. You, you're, not, you're not supposed to be at the space station on earth. You're not, you're, not, you're, not the, you're not the ground control. You're the astronauts. I said, you're the astronauts. You're, you're not supposed to be sitting there watching it happen, <laughs> looking at it on the, on the screen. And excited about why it's exciting to watch it. I mean, we got an up-close seat to it all. You're not supposed to have an up-close seat to it. You're supposed to be seated in it. Let's go. Get in it. Get in it. Praise God. You're one of the astronauts. That God's taking you up. Too many people have been doing ground control. Trying to control the whole thing. Don't try to control the whole thing. Lose control of your life. Let someone else like the Holy Spirit take control. You get in the, you get in the, in the calling that he has called you to. And he will take you to your destination. Stepping into our calling. That we are the called of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm stepping into it. Amen. Even if you have stepped into it, you still, there's still more steps. We keep, we keep stepping in and we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And as we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it, he's able to take us higher and higher, higher into what he has for us. And I want to see the high things of God. I want to see the high things of God and fulfill my ministry. Do you want to fulfill your ministry? Say, I will fulfill every phase of the ministry God has called me to. Because I'm answering the call. I respond to God without delay. I'm going to follow Him. And I know it will pay. Praise God. So from Miletus, verse 17, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. When they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. He lived in a way that he knew. He knew they would understand. He lived a holy, God-fearing life. If you're going to fulfill the call on your life, then it's important what people think about you. Now, people could have opinions about you and ideas about you that aren't true. We don't, we don't, we're not talking about that. We're not concerned about that. But at the same time, if we're going to help people, then we need to be known by people as people that can help them, that are not just self-seeking. But we are servants of the Lord, ready to serve them. Verse 18, and when they had come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept nothing that was helpful, 
but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, he says in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility. Humility serves Humility serves others. Now, we live in a very prideful world where everybody wants to be served. Everybody wants to be the big shot, you know. So many times people feel that they're bigger than everybody else, better than everybody else. That's why a lot of folks throw their opinions around. They don't wait on God to hear from him about what he says about it. They know. They know they got the answer. Or you're, in a, you're around a group of people and, and everybody's all talking and everybody's trying to talk over one another because everybody's always got something better than the other person saying. See, I go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you just cut that person off. Don't even let them finish what they're saying because you just thought of something when they said that. That's so much better than them finishing what they're saying. See, that's all pride. We live in that kind of world. That's the world we live in. But thank God we've been saved. Saved from pride. And have been given the humility of Jesus Christ. And so now we put on that humility and we aren't looking to dominate people. We're looking to serve. And really, we're talking about leadership in the kingdom of God. We're talking about ruling in the kingdom of God. What are we talking about? We're talking about serving people. We're not talking about dominating people. That's how this world thinks. When the world thinks of ruling, it thinks of dominating. When we think of ruling, we think of serving. And of course, Jesus, our Lord, taught us those things before his disciples got down on his knees and washed their feet. He served them. He's an example to you and to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he's washing feet. I mean, you stop and think about that. That is, that is no small thing. The King of kings and Lord of lords, whose eyes are like flames of fire. Here he is washing the disciples' feet. So Jesus, he came to serve. He came to serve. He came to help. That's what Paul's saying in verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility. We're going to walk in humility. And humility has serving on its mind. Not how I could push you around, how I could dominate you. How How could I help you? How can I help you? With many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful. Helpful. Didn't matter how it made me look. Didn't matter what it required of me. I didn't hold it back if I knew it would help you. Sometimes we won't help people when it gets beyond our comfort zone. When it gets too inconvenient, then we, you know, we'll help them at another time. No. He says, I I didn't hold anything back that was helpful. If I thought it would help, I helped you. I gave it to you. I did it for you. He said, I proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying. Testify, I taught you. I testified to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. How many people know repentance towards God isn't one of the most exciting subjects in the body of Christ today? It's not not something people want to hear a whole lot about. In fact, there are ministers that would never talk to you about repentance. In fact, there's some that have gone so far and say repentance is a thing of the past. We don't need to repent anymore. Why would you do that? Well, because this way it doesn't meddle with anybody. Because you start meddling with people and start dealing dealing with them about things that they need to change in their life, they need to repent, turn from. And a lot of times that don't make anybody feel good. Now, you'll feel good if you actually do it. There's that step again. You don't, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to go. I don't want to keep dealing with that. Well, you know, if you'll just do it, then you'll be like, oh, thank you for dealing with that, Pastor. I'm so free now. The thing that I thought was a blessing was a bondage. 
A lot, of folks, a lot of folks are hanging on to bondage and they think it's a blessing. This has been such a blessing to me. I know God gave this to me 30 years ago. Yeah, and he's been trying to get you free of it for the last 20. Oh, this has been, no, I know God gave this to me. I know, I, okay, good. Now let it go. Turn it over to somebody else and move on. See, people, that becomes their security. That becomes their comfort zone. That beca- and it becomes their bondage. It's not even a blessing anymore. So just because it was a blessing doesn't mean it's still a blessing, but a lot of people still think it's a blessing when it's actually robbing them of the greater that God has for them. I want the greater. So as you're hearing these things, you've got to recognize those kind of things. I mean, he called me here to pass this church, and I, I love it. I really enjoy where we are, where we've come from, what's been accomplished, what's going on. We've got visions for more things, but if he speaks to me tonight and says, you're out of here. Turn the keys over. I'm going to take you somewhere else. Where? Where? Lord! We've been down that road before. Turn the keys over. Say, man, the Lord's called me upward. He's called me higher. He's called me into something else. So it's always higher and higher and higher. So, so we, have to, we have to look, examine ourselves, make sure that we're not hanging too tight onto anything that he's called us into in the past or given to us in the past that was a real blessing. And it worked. No, this has worked. I've used this many times in the past. Okay, that's nice. But is that now? Is that now? No, no, this, this gun, this gun has always worked for me. I've used I've defended myself several times. It has saved my life several times. I understand that, but you're about to go into a war zone where he's got this bigger thing <laughs> that he wants to equip you with. No, 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 this is my gun. I can't let go of my gun. And I can't give you this. And you're going to need this with where you're going. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, put it down. I feel so vulnerable only for a little while until suddenly, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. You want a piece of this? <laughs> That's how you, you can't, you got to let go before. You see what I'm saying? It's faith. That's what faith does. So Repent. If you need to repent. And so he said, I didn't know. If if I knew it was going to help you, even though it was going to probably offend some of you, I'm still going to say it. I'm going to testify. I'm going to preach on repentance. And faith in God. Not trusting in yourself, but trusting in him. I understand. It's not the most popular thing. You'd rather hear about grace, grace, amazing grace. But I got news for you. The grace don't work without faith. And you're not going to access the next level of grace if you don't repent and step into it. But we could, all, we could all play ground control and just talk about grace. Why don't we just do that? Let's just all talk about grace and let's talk about this great rocket that's going to go to the moon sometime. And let's just all talk about how amazing God's power is, how awesome it is, incredible. We could just be a part of just talking about that without ever doing what it takes to get inside the thing and to go where no man has gone before, to explore new galaxies. You were created to go there. I said, you were created to go there. So he didn't hold anything back. He was a servant of the Lord. He was a servant of the Lord. And he said, and you know that. You know how I've lived. You know, you know how I've done things. It's kind of bizarre to me how, how there's been people that they don't recognize a true servant of the Lord that's walking in humility from someone else that's walking in pride. And is just into themselves. It's amazing, you know, when you think of the world, what they're into. The movie stars, the rock stars, right? People that are just into themselves. They don't want to serve you. They're not there to serve you, humble themselves, wash your feet. They're there to dominate you, to be exalted by you, to be loved by you and adored by you, to be made pop, more popular by you. Please like my Facebook page because the more people that like me, the more people will like me because you make me popular. 
I need your like. And please share. Don't forget to share. And they're looking to be more popular. They want you to make them more popular. And people just scream and yell and they love these self-seeking human beings. Why? Because they're what they want to be. Because they are a self-seeking human being. So self-seeking human beings follow self-seeking human beings. Those who are into themselves follow those who promote themselves. And Jesus talked about this. He talked about this over in John 5. It's very stunning to me. You know, I'm led by the Spirit of God. You don't judge anybody according to the flesh. But there's been some folks that's like, uh, something not right there. I can't follow that. And sometimes it's because they've just become into themselves. And Jesus and the Word and the call and the teachings are about them. Being the great minister that they are. Being Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. And it's amazing the people that are unaware of it and just continue to march into that. Just march into that. But that's where I got that statement. That those who are into themselves follow those who promote themselves. Jesus said it over in John the 5th chapter and in verse 42. He says, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? He says, you're just, you're looking for the glory of men, not the glory of God. You're seeking your own honor. And therefore, you follow those who do likewise. Those are the ones you'll listen to. But someone comes, man, and they're talking about, it's all about Jesus. And they mean it. And it's not about them. And they preach the word and not their opinions or their feelings. And they don't deviate from the truth and get off into error. Because they know the way. They're trusting in him. They're going his way. See, then people pull back from that. Sometimes that's not the most popular Road, the road that points people to God, that points them to Jesus. We have a lot in the body of Christ today, a lot of self-help ministries about you and what you can do and how you and you can become and you and you can have. And they'll use scripture, but that's not the purpose of the scripture. The purpose is to strip you of you so that it's no longer you but him that's living his life through you. And then, yes, there's prosperity, there's health, there's strength, there's blessings. There's all kinds of wonderful things. But it isn't just about wonderful blessings when you're just living for you. See? So there's a lot of, a lot of twisted description and confusion, confusion along those lines. But uh, I'm going to go after the Lord and follow those who follow the Lord. That's why the Apostle Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. As I follow him, follow me. If I don't follow him, run. Run for your life or his life. Run to his life. But don't follow me if I'm not following him. See, because it's all, again, humility. It's all about serving. It's all about preaching his word, teaching, testifying. Getting Jesus to people, getting people to take steps by faith into Jesus, to let go of the weights and the sins and the things that so easily beset them so that they can step into the plan and purpose of God for not their own purpose and plan and what they would like to do and what they'd like to become, but his purpose and plan for their life so that he can then launch them and by his power lift them and take them there. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 22. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Handcuffs, beatings, torture. That's what's ahead. Every city, there's words coming forth letting me know what's coming, what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to be handcuffed. I'm going to be bound in the flesh, in the physical. 
But that wasn't a problem to Paul. Why? Well, he tells you right here, verse 22. He said, see, now I go bound in the Spirit. I go bound. See, I'm not, I'm not going there just loose as a goose doing my own thing. <laughs> and oh, man, they're going to handcuff me. They're going to bind me. They're going to they're keep me from being able to do what I want to do. He's saying, I'm already not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what he wants me to do. I'm bound in the Spirit. I'm bound by the Word of God. I'm bound to him. I'm his prisoner. I'm the Lord's slave. Don't look at me like that. Knowing that you are too. That's right. You are his slave. See, being bound on the outside is no big deal to the one who knows he's already bound on the inside. Bound in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 3, and in verse 1, the apostle says this, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Now you can say, well, he was, he was physically in prison, but he was also a prisoner spiritually. He was the Lord's prisoner which we'll see here in a little bit. In Ephesians 4.1, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Notice, I'm not the prisoner of Rome. I'm not the prisoner of the government. I'm not the prisoner of man. He said, I'm the prisoner of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. I'm his prisoner. I'm handcuffed and bound by him to do his will. And not my will. I can't do my own thing. You can't do your own thing. Any more than somebody that's handcuffed. And has got two police officers. One on each side. And they got their hands on them. And you're handcuffed. And they're walking you. And you might. But they're going to keep taking you. They're going to keep taking you. Isn't that right? You're going. You're going. Why? Because you're bound. You're a prisoner. Here, God, I don't want to go in that jail. I don't want to go in that jail. It don't matter, you're going. You're going, whether you want to go in there or not, you're going. Why? Because you're bound. Guess what? You're bound. You've been handcuffed. You're a prisoner of the Lord Jesus. And wherever he leads you, you just can't help yourself. You got to go. You got to go. Now, you can make this a hard experience, but we can make this easier. Why don't you just cooperate? I mean, you can make it real miserable. You can sit there. You can make it a real miserable, miserable experience, or you could just go. Just go there. You might as well just go. Rather than just living your life miserable, knowing you're not obeying God, you're resisting Him, you're not cooperating with Him. Man, that just puts pressure on your life. There's some people just living in a continual state of condemnation, guilt, guilt and shame, simply because they just don't cooperate. Just cooperate. Just cooperate. Hallelujah. It's really not that bad to be his prisoner. Because in his prison, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? In his prison. It's fullness of joy. And pleasures forevermore. Don't kick against it. Let him just take you into his presence prison. Because you've got to understand, when you're in the prison with him, you're with him. He's in the prison that you've been imprisoned in. And I'd rather be in prison with God than out here in the world running around with a bunch of demons. Who wants to run free with a bunch of demons? There ain't any freedom in that. You know the end of those things is death. No, glory to God. Enjoy his presence. So he's enjoying the presence. He's got joy. But he's bound. 
to say, do you understand? You go down to Jerusalem, what they're going to do to you? They're going to handcuff you. Uh-huh. Well, I already am. They're going to throw you in prison. I understand. I already am. Pretty cool mentality to have. That's a victory mentality. That's an overcoming fear mentality. That's an overcoming worry of what they're going to do to me. It doesn't matter what they're going to do to you. What's God doing to you? If you're submitted to that, man, you're already dead. You've already died to yourself. You understand you might die? I already have. Huh? I've already died. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. (laughs) Hallelujah. It don't matter. As long as you're not damned. Dying isn't a problem. Being damned is a problem. So we've already died, and bless God, we're not damned. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's going to be all right. Romans chapter 6. Somebody say, I'm a prisoner of love. That's what you are. You're a prisoner of love. You can't help yourself but be loved by God. See, when you're a prisoner of love, you can't help but love people. doesn't matter how ugly they act towards you. It's like you just love them. You can't help it. Why? Because you're handcuffed. To what? To love. See, you got a big chain. It's a ball and chain, see. It's, but it's to the Lord. You're chained to the Lord. And so it always brings you up higher. You just can't help yourself. Just love, love, love. That's what I do. I just, I'm just walking in love. I'm a prisoner of love. I'm bound to righteousness. I'm bound to righteousness. I'm bound to, doing, I'm bound to do the right thing. Doesn't matter what's going on. I'm bound to do the right thing. Doesn't matter what's going wrong. I, I'm bound to do the right thing. I'm bound to do the love thing. Because I'm chained to him. And he's the right thing. Romans 6, 22. But now you, having been set free from sin and from the devil, have become slaves of God. You have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. Somebody say, I'm a slave. I'm a slave to God. See, the world don't like that. The world don't like that kind of pride. doesn't like that. But we like that because we're not walking in pride. We're walking in humility. I'm a slave to God. 1 Corinthians 7, 22, he says, For he who is called in the Lord while a slave, an actual physical slave, is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while a free person is Christ's slave. I love that. The CEV, the contemporary English version, says it this way. When the Lord chooses slaves, they become his free people. I just feel like a slave at this job. Why is that such a problem? If you're a Christian, you're already a slave. You live a, I'm not getting a lot of shouts on that one. You are, you are, you are a slave. They just think I'm their slave. Well, aren't we all? Aren't we all slaves to the Lord Jesus? I'm just slaving around this stove all day. Why is that a complaint? I'm a slave when I wake up in the morning. I'm a slave in the afternoon. I'm a slave at night. I'm a slave when the sun goes down. Contemporary English version, when the Lord chooses slaves, they become his free people. And when he chooses free people, they become slaves of Christ. you got to watch about uh, your freedom making you feel like you can do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. we got to watch it. You know, when things are going good, many times that's when people pray the least. It's when they're in a bondage, they're in a problem, they feel like they're in a prison, they feel like they're going, then, oh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, and then, and then we pray. We pray, get out of the, help get out of the prison. And, and, and then when we're out of the prison, well, we don't have to be as spiritual. We don't have to pray as much. We don't have to spend as much time with them because things are going so good. We just get reckless. 
You get careless. That's just how the flesh is. How many people know what I'm talking about? That's how the flesh is. It just gets reckless. It gets careless. And because things are going so good, uh, you're actually in more of a position spiritually to get yourself in trouble. Because now you're more slack. You're more slack. So we got to remember, no matter how free God makes us, man, we got money in the bank. Our bodies are healthy and strong. Everything's good and everybody likes us. Things are going well. That's the time to pray, 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 and pray, and be like a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, where you're interceding and praying and crying out to God. Because you're still a prisoner. And then if you're in bondage to something, bless God, that's the time to recognize you're a free person. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus set you free, and this thing can't hold me down. It can't take my joy. It can't take my peace from me because my joy, my peace is the joy of the Lord. (laughs) It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I got my mind stayed on Him. See, so, so you're going through a tough place. It feels like bondage. You're a free person. You're a free person, and it feels like everything's going great. You're a person that's walking very slow, very humbly, ready to serve people, and you're praying and keeping yourself going down the right path. So, see, that's what Paul was saying. He said, I'm going bound in the Spirit. Uh, whatever kind of thing they want to buy me with, It don't matter. I'm already a man that's bound, not doing my own thing. I'm doing his thing, and I like it. His thing's a good thing. Being the Lord's slave is a good thing. Being the Lord's prisoner is a good thing. Why? Because in his prison is fullness and... Let's say it again. In his prison, there... Amen. Praise God. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. In his presence. I think I like that better than in his presence. In his prison. What does that mean? So we're not doing our own thing. We're his captives. I'm his captive. He's captivated me. I'm, I'm his now. I'm, I can't do my own thing. I can't do my own will. Not my will. I have a will. But not my will. Your will be done in any, everything. In everything. And friend, it might seem difficult. But when you step into it, the grace is there. Can I give you one more story? When the Lord called me out of New York to go to the Bible school, I, had, I was in a relationship with somebody. And our souls were knitted together. We were inseparable. But the Lord called me, and I knew I had to go. I knew I had to go. I knew he called me to go. It's not an option. See, when you know what the Lord has, it's amazing how many people treat the call of God like career day. You know, the Lord, the Lord calls them, and they're like, ah, let's see if I want to do that. I'm not sure if I want to do that. What do you want to be when you grow up? You don't have that option. You've already been called before the foundation of the world. He knows his plans that he has for you, saith the Lord. He's got it all planned. What do you mean, what do you want to do when you grow up? Career day, you know. We're going to figure out what we want to do. He called me. And he said, to Oklahoma. 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 I mean, I'm from New York. And then I find out the place I'm supposed to go is Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. (laughs) Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow? Who in the world wants to go to a Broken Arrow? (laughs) Oklahoma. Where the tumbleweed hitch as it goes by. I don't want to go to Broken Arrow. Didn't matter. And then, you know, I got Sweetie over here. What about Sweetie? She can't go. What do you mean she can't go? No, I'm just calling, calling you. No, no. What about sweetie, Lord? See, it didn't matter. I was gone. I was gone. So, uh, you know, we went. And uh, I actually came here to Kentucky. I had some family here at that time. So we made it halfway here. And then the, the next morning, I knew that sweetie, because sweetie had come too. She went halfway. You know, so, will you come halfway with me? 
So uh, she came halfway to Kentucky. And now I knew that morning was coming. She was going back, and I was going to go forward, go to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I knew this was it. Of course, we were up half the night talking, you know, knowing the, the hour was coming. It was, it was getting late. And so anyway, the morning came. And, uh, you know, I was staying at my parents' house. So they, they got up, and they, we sent her off, you know. And she went out there. She got in the car. And off she went. And man, I got so sick to my stomach. I mean, I felt like I was going to die. I mean, you talk about butterflies, and oh, man, it was mosquitoes. <laughs> it was termites. It was everything that bites you, man. It was nasty. I felt so horrible. I went back and said, there she goes. And it's over. It's no, there's no way this relationship's even going to work. You understand that. We're going into this thing knowing this is it. She's going back to New York. This is it. I'm going on to Oklahoma, so... So we said our goodbyes. Man, I fell on my knees. I was like, oh, Lord, I was praying. I'm not exaggerating. Not exaggerating at all. I mean, my soul was vexed. I was, I was going through it. Lord, oh, you got to help me. So I thought, my God, where are my parents? So I got up and I went to my parents. There they are. They went right back to sleep. I looked at it. Could you not watch me one hour? I mean, could you not? You know, I really said that to myself. I thought, my God, I can't just... So I went back downstairs. I fell on the ground. I opened up to the Garden of Gethsemane. I did. I was there. I was there with Jesus. I started thinking about Jesus. He said, Father, not my will. Your will be done. I thought that's, that's what it was all about. It wasn't about the crucifixion. It was about being separated from the Father. He knew and he hung on that cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew he was going to be forsaken of God. That was the worst thing. He'd been with him from eternity past. I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And I began to think about Jesus being separated from the Father, but he did it for me. And suddenly strength began to come into me. And I'm telling you, I mean, I was in pain. I'm telling you, within a matter of minutes, it was gone. Grace, faith filled my soul. Peace came in there that I, I, surpasses all understanding. Suddenly a peace and a joy came in there and I knew it's all right. I'm following Jesus. I'm following the will of God for my life. I'm just letting you know that it felt like I was descending down into the deepest hell in my soul emotionally. That might sound like an exaggeration, but I'm just telling you where I was at and what I was feeling. But man, it didn't take long. A little meditating on the Lord and what he did for me and the fact that I'm in his will. Next thing you know, man, I came right up out of that and I had peace. I was strong. I had no problem after that. I never went through that again, those feelings like that ever again. And I went on in the joy and strength of the Lord to the place he had for me. Praise God. But you see, a lot of folks, they wouldn't confront that pain. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. But if they did, there's just grace on the other side of it. See, he's got the power and the ability. He's going to supply it to you when you step into what he's asked you to do. And so I went on, fulfilled my ministry. You say, whatever happened to that woman? Well, I'm married to her. <laughs> Praise God forever. I got my Isaac back. I had to take Isaac to the altar. I laid her at the altar. And he just, he kept holding my arm back for four years. And at the end of four years, he says, nah, you don't have to do it, huh? You don't have to kill it. In fact, why don't you go ahead and marry it? Oh, and here's the date, October 15th. Yeah, he gave me the date and everything. Four years, he had to hold my arm back like this. For that whole four years, I, thought, I didn't know what in the world was going to happen here. But thank God, I had peace the whole time, handcuffed to him. You know what I'm doing? Some of you don't even know. What is he doing with his arm? You, know, you just take for granted sometimes. People know what you're talking about. Abraham took a knife. He was going to go through his son. So that's what I'm saying. Four years, two years of Bible school, two years after that, still didn't know what in the world was going to become of this. But I was ready. 
He said, put the knife away, Stevie, and go ahead and marry her. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heaven on the seventh floor. Praise God. Come on, stand on your feet with me this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Man, God's so good, isn't he? Praise God. He is helping us to get out of the, wherever we've been, if we're not supposed to be there, and get into what he has for us. Sometimes it's just something in your heart you got to step into. It's not even so much a change of something physical. It's a willingness and a stepping into something in your heart. It'll open up all kinds of things to you. So we examine ourselves and we make sure our hearts are wide open and that it really is, no matter what it looks like, no matter how hurtful it might seem, no matter what kind of sacrifice it seems to be requiring, this is taking me up, it will take me higher, and I'll have the grace to be able to do it if I step into it. Good message right there. Can you say amen? Come on, let's thank God for his word this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website, again, is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.